The Guardian. Hello again, this is Michael White, and I'm bringing you the Guardian Daily Election podcast for what is the last time. Today's polling day, after weeks of campaigning, millions of words, voters all over Britain are going to the polls to elect not 650 MPs. A candidate died in Thurston Moulton, and that election will be postponed 649. Uh, David Cameron needs 117 gains. It's a huge target in order to form a majority government. The polls are by no means clear. It depends uh, who you talk to, and voters are as uncertain as everyone else. But certainly it looks hard to see that Gordon Brown will easily be able to remain in number 10 Downing Street. However, that's all to play for. Where am I this morning? Well, actually, in, I'm in my own constituency, uh, recently renamed Ealing Central and Acton. It's a substantially redrawn constituency. I'm in my own polling station in a, a school playground. Not out of egotism, I stress, but because this is a very, very tight three-way marginal. 3.1% between the three of them, and of course they all claim uh, they're going to make it. Now, who are the candidates here very quickly? It's interesting. The Labour candidate is a new one, Bassam uh, Mahfouz, a researcher to Steve Pound, the uh, likeable uh, North Ealing MP, and he's being challenged by Angie Bray, a member of the Greater London Assembly, whom I've known for many years, former radio journalist, worker at uh, Conservative Central Office, who years ago told me, I'm going to be an MP one day, Mike, but I'm not going to get elected on any of these silly all-women's shortlists. I'm going to be elected in my own right as the best candidate. Well, Angie Bray might be very close to it today, but she's up against a John Ball, who is uh, the Lib Dem candidate, a new candidate to this seat, as they all are. So uh, let's find out what uh, some of the voters are saying What in what is a uh, Lib Com local council ward. Ealing Council used to be a Labour MP here when I first moved in a long time ago. Then it went Tory under Sir George Young. Then it swung back again to Labour with Clive Soley. So very much a swing seat. What do the voters think? There's a lady in a very smart uh, purple uh, coat. Uh, you've been in to vote, obviously. Yes. Uh, do you normally vote the same way, or are you one of these floaters? I kind of float here since I've moved up this end. Up this end of what? <laughs> v of, of Chiswick. I used to be down by the river. And that would and be I was in, in the next seat, in Anne yes. Keane's seat, to yes. the Feltham and Isleworth. Yes. And now you're in a now new seat. I'm Ealing. Ealing. This is the first time you voted in first Ealing. First time I've voted, yes, for the Lib Dems. Uh, did you for, vote Lib... No, I voted Lib Dem for the, the three, for no, the for council. the council. And what about the, what about the general election? No, I voted Labour. And do you normally vote Labour? Yes. And you weren't tempted to float? No. No. Gordon Brown OK? He will be. For a difficult it's a difficult time, whoever oh, wins this election. He's had a bloody election, awful time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. You always vote or are you just fired up for this election? No, I always vote. We always vote. Yeah. Can you tell us what you vote? What's your instinct about uh, the overall result nationally? Well, it's, uh, <laughs> even the uh, even the experts are not uh, not prepared to say. At this moment, um, the voter raises her hand expressively in the air as if to say, <laughs> "Well, I'm not sure either," and she's very sensible. <laughs> she shouldn't be. Let's hope it's not a hung parliament. I would like to think it's not because I don't think that's in the best interests of the country. But we will know tomorrow morning, hopefully. Moving steadily on, we're outside a polling station, St Mary's Church in Hammersmith, again West London, again a highly marginal seat. It's uh, uh, got a history of 
going both ways, Labour and Conservative. It's just been substantially reconstructed from the old Hammersmith and Fulham has now become Chelsea and Fulham. When I came out of Hammersmith Station last night on an errand, I found Greg Hands, the local Tory MP. He's not standing in this constituency, but he felt confident enough, of course he did, Tory MP for Chelsea, uh, to come out and help Sean Bailey. Now, you may have heard of that name because he's a black youth worker, not a typical Tory at all, and that's the whole point. A little video promotion of him appeared at David Cameron's launch in the old Battersea Power Station only three weeks ago. Lord, it feels much longer. And Sean Bailey is taking on uh, Andrew Slaughter, uh, Labour MP, barrister, Lib Dem challenger uh, uh, in this constituency, Marlene Emerson. She's a barrister too. Uh, uh, Andy Slaughter has a letter in today's Guardian uh, complaining that he and Karen Buck and lots of other MPs in what they regard as straight uh, uh, labcon fights are being advised by some newspapers, I think this one was The Observer, uh, to vote Liberal, Lib Dem, where they've got no chance, says Mr Slaughter. So he's pretty fired up. And, of course, the Tories are very anxious that Sean Bailey, a young man, and, as I say, young, working-class, black uh, community worker, should be in Parliament. So a lot going on here. Let's see what people think. Excuse me, sir, we're asking people if they've voted. Uh, I'd look as if you have. Yeah. Uh, Do you normally vote, or is this a special one? This is a special one, yeah. yeah. You didn't vote last time? No. Why, why have you got fired up to vote this time? Well, there has to be a change, I think, this time round, you know. There has uh-huh. to be some changes. I'm going to ask you who you voted for for change. <laughs> I'll keep that to myself. Right, thank I'll you. Keep, I'll keep you guessing. Do you normally vote? Yes. You're voting the same way as usual? Yes. What way would that be, may I ask? Um, colour of your shirt. Colour of my shirt. That's grey, actually, but obviously you think well, it's okay, blue. Colour of my tie. Right, we're agreed on that then. Uh, well, I'd say that tie was a bit purple, but I'm colourblind. I suspect you probably uh, well, mean okay. conservative. Colour Your wife's come back to rescue <laughs> you yeah, now. No, she. Colour of her. Um, we finally got it. That was unmistakably <laughs> a, a navy blue. Uh, you're confident about Mr. Cameron, A, that he's going to win, yes, and B, that he can do very it? much so. I, I do hope that um, Sean Bailey, Sean Bailey wins. Yeah. You've met him, have you? No, we haven't actually no. met him. Yeah, right. I've met him in the past. Now, listeners who may not know, he's the local candidate. He's a black youth worker. Um, not in traditional terms a Tory candidate at all, but everybody likes him. And David Cameron gave him pride of place in the Conservative Manifesto launch uh, last month. It seems a long time ago. I should imagine it's well deserved. I'm holding my little blue flag for him to win. There you are. Yeah. Holding our little blue flag. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us who you voted for. Conservative. Do you normally vote Conservative? All the time. Oh, so you're not one of these floaters? Okay. No, 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 no. no, no. And you, you, you got optimistic hopes for David Cameron. You think he can yes, do the best? I think he will do the best for us. What do you like about him in particular? What character? I don't know. He gave me good feeling. That's all I can say. So have you voted already? No, no, I haven't yet. I'm going this afternoon. You haven't, no. Have you made it in mind which way you're going to vote? Yeah, but I... You're not going to tell us, I can tell. <laughs> have you decided? Yes. Yeah. What are you going to vote? I'm going to leave party. Yes. No. Where did you come from before you got a vote here? I came from Somalia. Well, we've moved on now in our highly unscientific exit poll of the West London Marginals. We're standing outside the church hall at St Michael's and All Angels, well-known church designed by Norman Shaw in the 1870s, slap on the border of two constituencies. We're at the moment in Brentford and Isleworth, uh, which is uh, boat race country. Uh, the River Thames is a mile or so uh, to the south of us, and we're at a polling station. It was doing pretty good traffic for mid-morning uh, on election day. 
Uh, the setup here is that uh, in 1997, uh, like a lot of the seats in outer London, uh, uh, Brentford Nisleworth swung to Labour. It's been held by Anne Keane, junior health minister. Uh, she's had a bit of expenses trouble, uh, but last time she had 40% of the vote, uh, uh, and the Conservatives 30, the Lib Dems about 23. She's being challenged by Mary McLeod, who is a management consultant, used to advise Buckingham Palace, but the Lib Dems are pushing here as elsewhere. Let's hear what people coming out of the polling booth are saying. There we are. We were hoping you were coming this way. We're asking people, well, you've obviously voted. Uh, can you tell us what you voted? Yes, we voted and it's been done. That's good. That's good. Can yeah. you tell us who you voted for? No. You won't? It's a private. It is a private matter, but you can tell if you want to. I'm going to ask this lady next. She'll no. tell us. She's got a lovely smile. Yeah, Thank no. you very much. Conservative. Do you normally vote Conservative? No. So what did you vote last time? Um, Labour, I voted last time, but this time Conservative. Why have you switched? Yeah, because I, I didn't like uh, Tony Blair's lies. Tony Blair's life? What lies, are, oh, lies. Lies. Oh, lies. Sorry. Lies. Okay, what about Gordon Brown? Tony Blair's not Prime Minister anymore. Yeah, Gordon Brown, I think uh, because of this economic problem that started when he was a Chancellor, he's not the best person to ratify what he has started. So I think uh, we should give another person a chance. And uh, uh, my, uh, Cameron looks smarter. Okay, thank you. you. Know, he, just, he has this appealing nature. Yes. Do you normally vote? Or oh, yes. Yeah, always vote, yes. yes, always. Can you tell us what you voted? Yes, Conservative. Yes. Do you normally vote Conservative? Yes, you're always. You're wearing a nice pair of blue glasses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pure accident. So you're it's not, a clue. Yours haven't got any frames. You're not, floater, you're not floaters. <laughs> no, 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 we never float. No. Yes. And you think, Mr Cameron, it's going to be all right? I, no. <laughs> well, I, no, I have a divided family here, Phil. Uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I think he is going to be all right. Excuse me, we're asking people about the election. You've obviously been to vote. We put our envelopes in. Yes, we didn't trust the post office. You didn't, no. You put your, took your envelopes in, okay. That's right. And that's we all right, is it? We so you were postal voters who were too late to post. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Can yes. you tell us which way you voted? Um, no. No, you don't have to, do you? No. No, no we don't uh, have to. Thank you. Anyway. You well, voted, well, that's the spirit. What about the young man here? Uh, Lib Dems. Lib Dems, thank you. Why the Lib Dems? Um, well, there's basically, I'm sort of basically stuck between all three parties, to be honest. Um, and at the moment, the uh, things I disagree with the Lib Dems on are more minor than the other two. You look young enough for me to risk asking if you're a first-time voter. Uh, yes, but only by about a month, as in I was a month too young to vote last time. Oh, well, old hand, thank you very much. <laughs> Not a big and there's a lot of people in there who've never voted before. They haven't got a clue what they're doing. So, I mean, that, that's going to make a change, like put a vote here, you know, put an X here. <laughs> so that's going to make but a huge difference. We want people difference. to vote, don't we? Oh, absolutely. I'm just yeah. saying. Because we had such a I'm bad turnout last time and the time this, before. We've lived here years and years and years. We've never seen this before. So there's a lot of people voting because of the television who've never voted before. That's my view. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this has been a media-saturated election. We were told that the new media, blogging and tweeting were going to be much more important than they've proved to be, although their, their devotees love them. Uh, instead, old-fashioned steam television provided the spectacle, those three leadership debates uh, which gave uh, Nick Clegg his opportunity. Let's just remind ourselves of one or two of the key moments. This may have the feel of a TV popularity contest, but in truth, this is an election about Britain's future. It's clear from last week's debate that the country wants change. But the question is 
What sort of change and who's best place to lead that change? And I think if we do things differently, we can be proud once again of the role we can play as a force for good in the world. We can achieve anything if we all pull together and build the big society that we all know we need to make our country a better place to live. Don't let anyone tell you that this time it can't be different. It can. Nick, you would leave us weak. David, you would leave us isolated in Europe. I think these are the problems that these parties have got to face up to. We have a credible long-term plan for the future of Britain. Choose hope over fear because we have incredibly exciting and optimistic plans about for the future of our country. We have got to make a decision now about how we secure the recovery this year. What I've tried to show you this evening is that there is an alternative uh, to, to the two old parties. I know many of you think that all politicians are just the same. I hope I've tried to show you that that just isn't true. But despite this tsunami of information, do all voters feel they've had enough on which to make rational, informed choices. John Dennis has been out on the street trying to find out. The information is there, but people are very distrusting of politicians. And quite honestly, there's not a lot between either of the two parties at the moment. I think it's the lesser of two evils, and uh, I think the public will certainly make their mind up, but I think there will be a change. I looked online and they had the, well, the manifestos online, as far as I'm concerned, that's all you really need to see. It's not about you know, how they uh, present themselves. In a sense, as a society, you need it in like bullet point form, the whole sort of thing, and uh, I think... I think the average layman actually doesn't really fully understand politics in, in total anyway. And some of the language, you're never sure whether what they really, really mean with what they're saying or whether they're just trying to coerce you or manipulate you into voting for them. So, um, Which is why I'm partly so undecided <laughs> in a way. Because I think uh, the problem is I sort of like um, bits and pieces of everyone's ideas, I think. So I think I'm going to have a little look on their last look on their websites. Do you know who you're voting for? Um, it won't be Labour. It'll be Conservative. OK. And um, do you think you've had the information you need during this election campaign to make a decision that you're happy with? Yes, I do. Um, Gordon Brown was very far at the third runway in Heathrow and that really annoyed me. And that's because it's a local issue for me. We've been fed... Um, you know, lies and fantasies that we've no, no, there's no economic crisis and we've been promised all sorts of things for which there just isn't the money. No, I think they, they should do much more to actually get it, their policies out to the people. I'm really confused. <laughs> You've got to make your mind up. <laughs> no, I still have no idea. I've left totally befuddled. <laughs> well, it's really difficult because um, this is going to sound terrible, but I feel like Labour's been, been there too long and... Um, you know, to give it back to them isn't is almost just saying that we're happy with the way things are running when we're not really. But then I don't feel that anyone else is bringing anything new to the table that will fit my needs or even the needs of my friends, especially in terms of children. Do you think you've had the information you need in order to make a, a decision that you're happy with? No, not at all. No, I don't feel that those kind of concerns have been addressed enough. It's all been very much about the economy economy and the credit crunch and the credit crisis and that's fair enough that's a very good um, topic to be discussing at the time but I don't feel that a lot of everyday needs or concerns have been addressed fully um, you know for the average person and especially for the average mother you know who's just trying to make a decision. I think we've had an information overload and of course whenever whoever gets in gets in things change anyway no election promise is ever materialised yet. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> 
I just heard a woman walking past in the street saying, I think this polling station seems a lot busier than usual. I must say that was my impression when I came this morning, and it's been my impression at the three or four polling stations which Phil Maynard and I have visited. Uh, so let's see what happens. One thing which has happened, incidentally, Nigel Farage, uh, UKIP MEP, um, a bit of a cheeky chappy, flying his own small aircraft in the Buckinghamshire constituency where he's taking on the speaker, Mr John Burko. You're not meant to do that, but he is. Uh, uh, has apparently crashed his plane this morning. Uh, minor injuries. Uh, Nigel Farage has got out in one piece. So, as we say, the vote goes on. All elections have defining moments. The TV debates have been such in this uh, a campaign. But just as John Prescott's punch summed up a moment in 2001, so did Gordon Brown's encounter with Gillian Duffy in the streets of Rochdale, where he left his microphone on, got back into the car after what seemed to everybody a pretty uh, uh, straightforward uh, encounter with a sensible voter, and started talking about a bigot and who did he want to blame for it all? A bad, bad moment. Exactly. Yeah, good to see and, you. The, and the education system in Rochelle, I will congratulate it. Good, good, good. And it's very nice to see you. Take the care. education system. Good to see you all. Good to see you. Thanks very much. That was a disaster. Well, just... Okay. Should never have put me with that woman. Whose idea was that? I don't know, I can see. Let's see, I think. They're just ridiculous. They will go in. What did she say? Oh, everything. She's just a sort of bigoted woman that said she used to be Labour. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mrs. Duffy notwithstanding, to the surprise of many of us, Gordon Brown found some inner energy, some drive in the last few days of the campaign. I was present in Central Hall, Westminster, uh, where he gave a belter of a speech to an organisation called Citizens UK. Uh, here's a bit of it. Our shared belief is that wealth must serve more than the wealthy, that prosperity must serve more than the simply prosperous, that good fortune must help more than those who are just fortunate. And your movement is like every other great movement in history. It is built on moral convictions. First hundreds, then thousands, then hundreds of thousands of people, they say, Inequality should not be woven into the fabric of our lives. People of compassion and goodwill should never journey without hope. And no injustice should endure forever. The following day, so Simon Hoggart reported in The Guardian, he did the same in the north of England. He kept on going to the end, Brown. Uh, wasn't going to give in. Uh, David Cameron, on the other hand, was determined to outdo him and didn't go to bed at all on Tuesday night. Cameron's overarching theme of the campaign has been the big society, the idea that if you get the state off the, uh, uh, the people's back, if you shrink the state, you unleash a great deal of energy, not to mention money, which uh, can allow voluntary and private and other uh, groups to sort of take up much of the slack and make a happier, more localised society. Strikes me as a bit idealistic, and it hasn't really resonated in this campaign. It barely came up on the TV debates, and as I said yesterday, if you grow up in Peasmore in Berkshire, as he did, you can see how it might be jolly nice, but uh, I'm not sure it will take in big cities. Anyway, here he is addressing a party audience in South London. I'm not going to pretend that the broken society was born under this Labour government, but I do believe that after 13 years, it is reasonable for us to evaluate the effectiveness in dealing with our big social problems.
Because the evidence, as well as the instincts, shows that our social problems are actually getting worse, not better. The poorest are getting poorer. Social mobility has stalled. Teenage pregnancy is the worst in Europe. Levels of family breakdown are some of the highest in Europe. Violence against the person has risen since Labour came to power. Drug offences are up 70%. There are now 10,000 incidents of antisocial behaviour every day. One in six children grow up in a home where nobody works. These are astonishing statistics. And what makes them more astonishing is that for the past decade, the state has been hyperactive in its attempts to deal with them. Now, let me be clear, we will keep tax credits, but this approach in which big government deals only with the symptoms of our social problems uh, is nearing the limits of its effectiveness, to put it politely. David Cameron there. So there you are. It's been a memorable campaign, not, I think, for the quality of the campaigning or the issues discussed, but for the uncertainty of it all and the prospect that, uh, after years of a two-party duopoly, the old mould may finally be creaking, breaking even, we'll know by this time tomorrow. Highlights of uh, our campaign here on the Guardian Election Daily? Well, I enjoyed being in Richmond Park in the pub and having a long chat with Zach Goldsmith, a most unusual campaign painter and candidate as multi-millionaires go but I was also touched in East London uh, Jim Fitzpatrick uh, MP for Poplar and uh, uh, Limehouse fighting to uh, save his seat against the charismatic uh, George Galloway another extraordinary campaigner outgoing MP uh, uh, too uh, standing for respect and there have been many such incidents the good humour of voters everywhere is always a nice thing to see they're as confused as the rest of us and uh, out on the polling station uh, beat this morning uh, Phil Maynard and I have met people have all fired up, people who've never voted before or really decided to come and give them hell this time and people who are uncertain about how things are going on this sunny day we'll be uh, all at our workstations this evening on into the night what should you be looking for if you're watching on television heaven knows you'll get enough advice from the dimbleby clan and others but uh, one to watch out for sunderland uh, central martin wainwright reported for the guardian election daily here weeks ago saying the tories think they're in with an outside chance in what surely ought to be a solid labor seat if labor loses that it's going to be a terrible night for uh, gordon brown much more of a bellwether seat uh, just after midnight, midnight to one at uh, Birmingham Edgebaston. Now, the Guardian election podcast was there too uh, because it was where Labour launched its campaign in a spanking new, beautiful uh, Queen Elizabeth Hospital, which is incidentally going to take in the medical centre, which looks after wounded soldiers from Afghanistan. And that's pretty important. A very expensive new wing for the military there. Quite right too. Sitting MP is Gisela Stewart. Uh, she's fighting to uh, save that seat. I suspect she'll lose it. That's one to watch out for, and on into the night. An extraordinary night ahead of us. Thank you for being with us during the uh, Guardian Election podcast every day. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow as the dust settles when we'll have a roundtable debate with Polly Toynbee and Jonathan Friedland. This is Mike White. See you tomorrow. <laughs>